This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond, in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing and living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Welcome to the Saturate Podcast. I'm Brad Watson, and today I have founder and executive director of Saturate, Jeff Vanderstelt, joining me. And today we're going to be talking about what God has done through Saturate this past year and what we're really praying towards in 2018. So, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. It's really good to be with you. And, Jeff, just to start, I love sharing stories, and I'd love to start with stories about 2017. I think it's it's one of the best ways that any of us, as we're following Jesus, can remember the work of God. It's by telling, sharing, and listening to stories. So what are some of your favorite stories from this past year? One of them is this family that is here in the Bellevue area where I live and pastor. Their kids go to a Christian school. And you know, you'd assume all the kids at a Christian school, oftentimes you think, oh, they're all Christians. So that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And especially here with so many international families coming from all over the world moving here, they often want to put their kids in a private school. And so they, they, they met some Chinese families at their school that don't know Jesus, don't know the gospel. And they uh, just started to have them over for meals, realized they couldn't hardly talk to them because they didn't speak English. <laughs> so they found someone to help translate. That led mm-hmm. to them beginning to realize there was a ministry here in our city helping with uh, teach People who moved here, immigrants, English as a second language. So they, this woman, the wife of and mother of this family, decided she wanted to uh, join the ESL process in helping these families learn how to speak English. And they actually used the book from Rick Warren, Purpose Driven Life, to practice some of their English. So they had an opportunity to share the gospel with all these Chinese people. Well, while they were doing it, they continued to have meals with them once a week. They Mm -hmm. continued with the ESL program. Their kids were playing together regularly on the weekends. And eventually, they've seen in the last year and a half, over 20 Chinese people come to faith. And and what was really beautiful, this is one of the pictures I love, is it wasn't just our family who got involved. They connected with the Chinese church locally. So Mm -hmm. that way, these Chinese families could start to hear regular teaching of the word in their own language. So they connect with a Chinese pastor who got to baptize these new believers. And now these families are getting integrated into this Chinese church here on our own, in our own backyard. And we're seeing this family. I, I told, I told them, I said, you guys are, are a missional community. You are doing yeah. the, everything we want everyone to do. And you, it's like, you didn't even try, you know, it just yeah. God plopped it on your lap and he just built this beautiful mission. And we've already seen, you know, like I said, over 20 of them come to faith. Wow. So, such a beautiful story of something that really wasn't that hard. It just was, will yeah. you open your life? Will you make some space and start to reach out to these people? So that, that's one of my favorites recently. I was also pretty encouraged. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, baptisms here at Doxa. And mm-hmm. I tell people regularly, you know, when they come out of the water of baptism, hey, I want to encourage you to pray that God would allow you to be in these waters next, you know, next year. Uh, with someone that you led to faith and you got mm-hmm. to baptize and start to become a disciple maker and not just a disciple. And just this last baptism, we had a spontaneous baptism. We we often open it up for anybody to get baptized. And I, I see this 
this young woman just bumping up and jumping up and down, excited to get in the water. And I kind of asked her her story and what's going on. And there's a woman standing right behind her. And I recognize her and I immediately ask her, hey, what's your name? And she says, my name's Courtney. And I said, what, what are you doing? She says, I'm going to baptize her. And I said, wait a minute, weren't you just baptized? And she goes, yeah, I was at Easter. And I said, all right, here we have somebody who just got baptized in Easter is now baptizing your friend because she came to faith because of your witness in her life. And so it's super encouraging wow. to see already a second generation uh, a disciple maker. Uh, so that was really encouraging, wow. which leads me to uh, what I came out of a few weeks ago, bef- r- right before that baptism, uh, we were in Japan uh, with the church in Tokyo, Somofuchu, and we did some training in two key cities, uh, trained about 150 Chinese leaders from uh, in Nagoya and in Tokyo. But when we were with the Chinese, or I'm sorry, the Japanese church, Somofuchu, we got to meet some new believers that have come to faith through their ministry there through gospel communities on mission in everyday life, uh, not through just a Sunday gathering because you just can't reach people that effectively in Japan that way. And I got to meet two women who are getting baptized. And one of them, as she shared about her baptism, she said her husband mm-hmm. had uh, said if she gets baptized, he will divorce her. And I, I just thought to myself, wow. you know, the cost that, yeah. especially for them, to come to faith and to be baptized, it really is, in a sense, leaving their pe- their family, yeah. leaving their people group to to stand up for Jesus. Uh, we encouraged her to, to wait and to, to have more conversations with her husband. We'd love to see him come to faith and see both of them get baptized. So we're uh, concerned about that, obviously, because in, in her situation, I would put her in a really hard situation. Yeah. She's going to get baptized regardless, but we want to see if we might be able to help her better prepare for that. So yeah, just thinking about baptisms and thinking about yeah. God bringing these people to faith, it's been so encouraging. But to think about the cost, and I, yeah. I'll be honest, I stepped back and thought, you know, I never had to pay that kind of cost. Mm-hmm. I never had to consider losing family over my faith. And then I thought about the, the work that people in Japan are doing, mm-hmm. uh, the way they're reaching out on a daily basis to a very lost people. There's 38 over 38 million people in greater Tokyo, mm-hmm. less than 1% are Christian. It is not normal at all to be having these conversations about the gospel. And yet they're working uh, with just faith-filled hearts to share Jesus every day. And I was really blessed. I walked away thinking, man, I, I have a lot to learn yeah. from what I see going on here in this part of the world. So those are a few. Um, I, I guess if I could, I'd share one more. Yeah, go for it. I was uh, just just speaking in Southern California, and a young man came up to me, and uh, he just was so appreciative. Just shook my hand, and you could tell he felt like just like grabbing me and hugging me. And <laughs> it, there was just this overwhelming joy, and it was mm-hmm. with tears. And he started to share, uh, Jeff, this training, the gospel center mm-hmm. training that you've you've done, that others have done, that we've received. Said it's changed my life. And he said, mm-hmm. a few years ago, I was in a, pla- a very, very dark place and really just struggling to even want to live, you know, mm-hmm. no hope whatsoever. And he went on to share with me that he had been struggling with same-sex attraction and just working through what do I do about that and just the, mm-hmm. the shame he felt and the condemnation he felt. And he said the gospel-centered teaching and training and writing that we've done 
just set him free to realize the father mm-hmm. loves him, that Jesus died for him, that he doesn't have to let his behavior or his struggles define him anymore, that he can be defined as a loved child of God because of Jesus. Wow. And he said it, it not only mm-hmm. gave him a great sense of, of just the father's affection and love for him, but mm-hmm. the, he said the grace of the gospel is so profound that it made him say, I, I want to go and sin no more. I, don't, I want nothing mm-hmm. to do with sin. I want to live a new life. And he went on to say with me, he said, Jeff, I, I am so in love with Jesus and so mm-hmm. satisfied with all that he's doing in my life mm-hmm. that I, I don't need to have a relationship with a man. Even if I'm never married in my life, I know that he's sufficient, he's enough, and mm-hmm. I want to live for his glory to do his work with whatever he, he wants. Mm-hmm. And I just was so overwhelmed with gratitude that that we get to keep training and equipping people in the gospel in such a way that men mm-hmm. like him have experienced incredible freedom and mm-hmm. their lives are getting changed. Man, so glad you shared that final story. And wow. I mean, I'm I'm in tears just knowing I think it's a special attachment to that's happening somewhere close to me, you know, and I was I was at those events and mm. and to know that that the the gospel is setting people free to walk in freedom and to walk in joy. Yeah, that's truly what our work gets to be about. And regardless of what our professions are, but especially within Saturate, that's what truly our work is. Even those those stories that I can't imagine a more tangible expression of what the hope and passion that we have for, for what God's given us to do results in people getting into the water, being baptized, being raised to do new life, um, men and women being set free by the gospel to live abundantly in Christ's love, in their new identity. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing those stories, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, I could share so many more, of course, but those are a few highlights. And man, just yeah. it's humbling to know that that God is working through small means like us. You just, you know, love, yeah. He just took the, a little boy's lunch and fed thousands of people with it, and he takes our little contributions and mm-hmm. is really touching thousands of people's lives. It's such a blessing. Hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I think even just to piggyback off of that, I'm curious to, to hear what God's been teaching you through all of this this past year, because what God intends to do through us, he's actually doing in us too. Uh, God is teaching us as we walk faithfully towards the vision he's given us. We're the mission of God while we're participating in the mission of God. and so. Yeah, I just love to hear yeah, what God's been doing in you this year as we've already heard some of the things he's been doing through you. Well, the most profound thing that he's doing in me has to do with his presence and his friendship. You know, some pe- some people know my story that our family moved from Tacoma where we had planted the church Soma and been there for since 2003 and you know, we had deep, deep friendships, uh, really just, you know, our kids, that's where they grew up you know, into their teen years now. And so that, that really was just life abundant for us. It's just, God was so, so richly blessed us there. And only, even though we only moved 45 miles north to Bellevue, you know, you still, you have to start all over. Yeah. And I found myself a f- couple months back feeling incredibly lonely and um, missing my friends, uh, missing the camaraderie I had. 
wishing I had that and uh, even talked that through with my elders and some of my staff in terms of my own struggle and, and my wife and I and our struggle in just feeling lonely. And I uh, got to spend some time alone in solitude with the Lord and share with him my, my heart and my loss and sense of grief. And I've learned I need to do that regularly is just mourn with him and experience the comfort he promised he would bring when he said, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And, and he, he brought it and, and yet he brought something I wasn't quite expecting. He said, Jeff, um, I want to remind you that, that you do have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And that's me. I was reading through Psalm 23 as I was talking to him about these things. And I noticed for the first time the shift from the Lord is my shepherd to the Lord is my friend in that passage. And that it begins with the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down and he brings me by the still waters and restores my soul and all that work, which is beautiful. And then he sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies and he anoints my head with oil and my cup overfloweth. And, and I, I think for the very first time in my life reading that passage, I saw a shift from him being my shepherd to him being my friend. Mm. Because a shepherd doesn't set a table in front of a sheep. <laughs> he sets that yeah. up for his friends. And uh, that's a friend setting up a table and inviting you to eat with him in the presence of mm. enemies. And, and I've certainly had times where I felt like people have turned against me or I've felt the spiritual warfare of the enemy. And to hear the spirit just say, Jesus is your friend. He's eating with you. He's, he's meeting with you. He's, we're filling you. The Holy Spirit's filling you with this wonderful provision of, of God's mm-hmm. love. And I just sat there and just received from him friendship mm-hmm. and uh, let him be my friend again. And then Preston mm-hmm. and said, I want to learn how to, to walk with you as my friend right now. And I want to learn how to be a friend. And that was everything he told me. It's like, Jeff, stop asking for people to be your friend. Start mm-hmm. receiving friendship from me so you can go and be a friend of others again. Mm-hmm. And what the, the really big thing that he's shown me is that he wants me just to enjoy his presence. I love mm-hmm. Moses says, you know, if you don't go with us in the promised land, we're not going. Because without your, pres- your presence, nothing else distinguishes us from the rest of the people on the planet. Like it's right. your presence with us that makes us distinct. And I, I'd been working through that, and I ended up teaching that because the Lord was saying, Jeff, I'm present with you. Just be present with me. Enjoy my mm-hmm. presence so that you can go with my presence to others and bring my presence into you, new relationships. Like, Let me be your mm-hmm. friend and let me be present with you so wherever you go, I can help you be a friend to others. Even if it's hard because you've lost friendships, let me be your friend who you'll never lose mm-hmm. so you can be a friend to people you might lose in the future again. And uh, mm-hmm. I would say that's probably the biggest thing is uh, learning how to be present with the Lord, learning how to mm-hmm. enjoy His friendship, and learning how to be present with people and learning how to be a friend uh, because I have a consistent friend in Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the big one. That's the really, really big one. I've got some other ones that are probably also important. Like the Lord has continued to tell me, stop running ahead of me, Jeff. <laughs> stop trying to to run this race without following the runner who is mm-hmm. ahead of you, which is me. Let me pace you. Let me tell you where to go. And um, my mm-hmm. wife recently said something to me that cut to the heart. She said, Jeff, I feel like for years we've been running in your dust trying to catch up to you. Hmm. And uh, we see your back a lot. 
And I thought, I don't think that's the way God wants a leader to lead his family. Yeah. Yeah. It cut me to the heart. And, um, but what I heard him say is, Jeff, follow me and I'll pace you and I'll show you how to slow down and be present with your family, be present with your wife, be present mm-hmm. with your staff, be present with your neighbors, like be present and be mm-hmm. a friend. And so I'm learning. I'm learning how to yeah. be a friend again, I think, in all of this. Yeah. As you were sharing, I just continue to have the image of Jesus with his disciples sharing one final meal. He's telling them to love one another. He's praying for them to be united and all of that. But in the midst of it, he tells his disciples, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. Yeah. And I just think for you, I th- that's almost how those two lessons might meet those two things that Jesus is teaching you. In that meal, he's asking them to recline at the table. Mm. He's asking them to allow Jesus to wash their feet. And the most incredible advancement of God's blessing on the earth is about to happen, you know, the next day as Jesus dies and he's asking them to, to chill out and allow him to wash their feet. And he tells them, you're not my servants in this. You're my friends and you're not a slave. You're a friend. And I think even for, for you and, and yeah, the, our whole team, this Saturate team was together this past weekend. We're all strategic executor people, And uh, we just want to run through brick walls, you know, and it sounds like, you know, Jesus's voice is actually saying, hey, you guys are my friends. Yeah, I I love you. I treasure you. I want to be with you. And that's that's true for us. That's true for every every leader out there trying to lead a missional community or trying to get their small group to be more missional or staff trying to transition a church. Jesus is saying that to each of us you're my friends. I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. That's right. Yeah. And at the, at the heart of the mission is, is relationship. And yeah, you know, the greatest command, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire thing is about relationships. Yeah. And so this is all about rightly relating to, to God and rightly relating mm-hmm. to one another and enjoying that. You know, I yeah. think, I think that's the, the abundant life is a, a life in friendship, uh, yeah. life, relationship that's life-giving and, and loving mm-hmm. and cost, you know, it definitely costs. It's not always easy, right. but I'm learning. I'm learning to find it first in him. And, you know, I, I could, I could have said that many years ago that I'm mm-hmm. learning that. And yeah. I'm, so it's like, <laughs> I'm still learning it. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a similar, I'm sure conversation next year, year after that. Yeah, totally. And, and I think even, one of the ways we begin to be truly friends is whenever, like you said, become present and to become present means that we have to surrender our idea that we can be omnipresent, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have to even some of yeah, what Janie said to you that, that is, is sticking with you is God says, I am God mm-hmm. and I'm everywhere and I'm working everywhere and I'm doing all of this kingdom building. You're not everywhere and you can't be. And that's, that's right. almost the yeah. beginning to where we get to be, yeah, not only rightly relating to God, but to one another is to say the only place I can be is right where I am in this spot. So that's right. Yeah, which has led to some key decisions that we're making to have me stay much more present in the greater Seattle area for this next season to love my family well, love our church well, love this region well. Mm-hmm. Do all that relational work that's necessary and life-giving and and fruitful 
And and then that's I think that's the last thing I'm learning is that God is saying this isn't all about you, Jeff, and you aren't God, and you can't be everywhere, and you you can't travel constantly to to train everybody. So you got to train up more leaders, to mm-hmm. train up more trainers, and share this work amongst many people. And and that's the I think that's the beautiful shift we get to move forward and just say like how do more people get to enjoy the Lord working through them in delivering and communicating and coaching the same things that I've been doing. Uh, so I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing how the Lord's going to spread this out to lots of people doing this. Uh, we have a great team, but we want to see that continue to grow and see more and more people get to be contributors to what God's doing all over the world. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot that even as that becomes more and more the, the, the pathway to seeing, yeah, such a wonderful movement of God happening. We're beginning to see from this past year, uh, lots of ways in which we've been able to actually equip people to do the work of the ministry. It's not, we're not the bottleneck or the hub. Right. Even things like I can share a few of these sort of statistical highlights than you can as well. You know, we've seen people really gravitate towards this podcast, which a year ago was just, I don't know, a vapor of an idea maybe. And we're now having about 12,000 listeners each month where people are being hopefully encouraged, but I know they're also being transformed and challenged as we talk through just basic principles of following Jesus and everyday stuff of life, leading other people into that as well. We've released 56 resources, they tell me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it feels like four. So to see that number is pretty amazing that uh, hopefully we're resourcing the church with not just documents, but audio, video, and books as well. And some that I would just love to highlight that's been a blessing to work on this last year is we've seen the the Gospel Fluency Handbook come out, which is a eight-week journey for for groups to walk through on truly internalizing and understanding the gospel, but also just a way to create an environment where people can become fluent, where they begin to dream and think in the gospel and speak it fluently to one another. And the story of God for kids has been just a wonderful endeavor as well to basically gift the church with a resource to teach their children the story of God and kind of change curriculum, hopefully, for kids, not just here's a bunch of moral stories, but here's the story. And uh, yeah, there's a lot that, that we've done resource-wise, but but Jeff, what are some of the highlights is just as you think of how we're directly related to, to what you've been doing? Well, I think when you think about multiplying the impact and influence uh, in North America and around the world, we've we've trained over 2,000 leaders from 260 churches this last year. So there's a lot of people that we've been able to get around and equip and train. Uh, we've got 51 leaders right now in coaching cohorts that are getting regular coaching to learn how to apply this in their context and in their church. And then we've seen it not just in North America, but we've been doing training in, in Chile and Australia and Poland and Russia and Japan. So we're seeing it starting to spread around the world. Uh, one, one of my favorite stories, by the way, is this uh, woman named Katya. She's oh, in yeah. Russia. I mean, if you know much about Russia, you know, like a, a, a small Russian woman uh, bringing change <laughs> to the church is probably a challenge. And yet she is all over the place, influencing mm-hmm. church leaders and translating, getting the, our training translated into Russian. And 
And one of my favorite stories was uh, we just did a training in Poland and some Russian leaders came to it and Katya was there. She, you know, you got this, you know, small Russian woman with these big Russian men, pastors, and she's kind of in the center of all of yeah. it, uh, like helping them, you know, think through how to do this in their church. And so just to see this woman who's taken seriously the gospel and its implications for her country and we're, yeah. we're hearing it just rippling all across Russia, the impact that one woman is having in the church because of the way that we've been able to come around here and equip her over the years. And so yeah. that's the type of stuff that we're hoping for, that God will just continue to blow the wind of his spirit in, into his people and see it ripple across the planet. And uh, I think just the chance that we get to, to train, to equip, to provide resources, to coach, to make that happen has been such a joy. And we are, we're hearing a lot of really good reports about what God's doing yeah. all over the world. Yeah, I love her. I've been able to interact and meet her a couple of times. And she actually sent, I don't know if you saw an email today with a picture of a new resource. She translated the gospel foundations that we, we have in English. People can download it. But she said, I'm holding in my hand. Uh, one of the first gospel resources in Russian. And I was like, man, how did I get to play a part in this? This is incredible. So, yes, yeah. That's incredible. Love it. Me too. And I think, yeah, we're both kind of trying to contain ourselves from talking about hopes and prayers for 2018. We've already sort of touched on it. But for you, Jeff, what's some of the stuff that you're looking forward to in this upcoming season? Well, I really am excited to train trainers uh, we are going to look at having a trainer summit where we can train more and more people to train the content that we've developed over the years in their own context with the hope that we'll see gospel saturation hubs be established in major cities and, and core regions throughout north america and so my hope is that god would identify and raise up some of those trainers to take seriously their own context my prayer is that churches would be united in their region and their cities to take seriously what it looks mm -hmm. like to work together as one church to bring the gospel to bear in the everyday stuff of life to see gospel saturation happen in their context uh, and with that said i'm really praying that pastors will move from thinking about just pastoring their church to pastoring their city mm -hmm. that they'll they'll begin to really believe that God put them there, not just to run programs for a small uh, group of people, but to train and equip those people to reach their city together and to unite with the big C church mm -hmm. in a concerted effort to see the gospel move throughout their city, to see people equipped to be disciples who make disciples in the everyday stuff of life. So those are my two big prayers that God will help us identify and equip those trainers, and that God will raise up yeah. those leaders with a concerted effort and heart towards gospel saturation in their city. Those are the two big ones for me. Uh, alongside of that, I keep hearing the Lord say, Jeff, continue to decrease that others might be equipped and that Christ might increase, that this would be mm -hmm. fully about him and his name, and that we would just be willing to keep letting our name get smaller and smaller and smaller as his hopefully gets bigger and bigger and bigger all around the world, that we would really see his fame grow and that that people would start to see some kind of a a ripple effect across the globe that that Christ's yeah. fame, you know, it's being established and mm -hmm. he is being known and these people's lives are being changed. Those are my hopes. And then I, I'd say I'm praying for everyone listening that you would kind of experience a similar thing that I'm experiencing, that that God wants you to know he 
he wants to be your friend, that he wants mm-hmm. to be present with you. He wants you to be present with him, that you would make this space to be silent and still before God several times this year to really wait on him and learn how to, to just enjoy him. That's my hope for each person listening, that they would really find themselves enjoying the presence of the Lord. Yeah, that's good. Exciting. Yeah, and that that is a huge vision that you just outlined, that the 12,000 or so listeners would have a daily encounter with Jesus themselves this year. Yes. That changes the world too. Yeah, in fact, the world won't change. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> God's always, always planned to do it through his people. Yeah. It's always been his plan. Mm-hmm. That's still his plan is to do it through normal everyday people, not to do it through superstars, celebrities, or people with just a platform to do it with normal everyday people in everyday life. That's right. So Jeff, how can our listeners partner with Saturate in 2018? Uh, obviously, there's, there's many ways, but if you could ask our listeners to do just one thing, uh, what would that be? Well, we really need support for the work to continue. If you think about the vision of gospel saturation, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, and God's intent is to do that through His church, and the hope is Christ in you. That's how the glory is going to work itself out, that God will be made known through everyday people. Well, that means we've got to, we've got to train more. We've got to equip more. We've got to coach more. We've got to support more. <laughs> uh, we've got a lot of work to do, and we can't do that alone at all. Uh, we've seen this over and over and over again. This work requires everybody playing their part. And if we have 12,000 monthly listeners, I just think, man, if each person were to help us, not only by praying for us, because I really want to ask you to pray for us, but we need to end the year well and be able to go into next year with the kind of financial support to accomplish the work we need to, to accomplish. So if we had 12,000 monthly listeners and each person just said, I'm going to give $20, we'd raise 240000 by the end of the year. And that'd be a game changer yeah. to help us really start well going into 2018. And Saturate has always existed because of the generosity of normal everyday people who are just saying, I want to help. I mean, it takes me back to when we first started SOMA, the majority of the people who helped fund my work when we first started the, that church were high school and college students who some of them gave $5, $10, $20, but it was enough of them that eventually we funded the work to plant a church. And we're in the same place now where we just need normal everyday people to be generous and help us continue to support the work that God's doing through all these resources and training and coaching that we're engaged in. Mm-hmm. So if I could ask this Christmas season, as you come to an end of your year, if you could help us by supporting us financially, I think that's one of the greatest ways we could be encouraged and built up and the work could go forward into the next year. So I'm asking for you to join us this season to help us do that. Yeah, that would be a huge game changer for us. And it's actually really easy to do. You can go right now to saturatetheworld.com slash give. So that's saturatetheworld.com slash give. And it just takes about three minutes to actually set up uh, an end of the year gift. Or even you can also set up a recurring gift as well. And so we're also going to be giving away five signed copies of Gospel Fluency to five randomly selected givers. Uh, We're going to be doing that on December 20th. So if you're one of the people that fills out that form, if you are are one of the people that gives, you'll be entered into a a raffle of some sorts and uh, you could win a signed copy of Gospel Fluency. But yeah, the the website again is saturatetheworld.com slash give. And it would be 
uh, wonderful to see each of our listeners giving 20 bucks. That would change our outlook and what we're able to do even in this upcoming year. So thanks for considering that. And thank you, Jeff, for, for joining me today. I, I so appreciate you and, and even your vulnerability in sharing today. You could have easily gone to, I'm learning strategy changes or something like that, but you shared genuinely from your heart. And uh, it's such a blessing and God's so glorified in the way that you live as a disciple. Mm. Well, thank you, Brad. It's so good to be with you. So thankful for the work you're doing. Yeah, thanks. And uh, for everyone out there, hope you have a good rest of this month and as well that you might even take the lead in exploring what God's been doing in this past year and share those stories and consider what God leads you to in this upcoming year. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you again soon. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort, and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.